Hello, you fabulous interior design professional, you. Welcome to Business of Design. Can you believe it? Episode 193. And was there ever a better time to talk about resilience? Don't you feel like you need more of that these days? I certainly do. Our guest is a Business of Design member and friend, such a good friend to Business of Design, Andrew Mitchell of The Design Coach in Australia. He's had a year, like so many of us. 2020 can't hit the rearview mirror soon enough as far as I'm concerned. On the other hand, it has forced me to do things I don't normally do, which has given me a fresh perspective and I must say a new appreciation for home. In the past few months, we've gone on hikes near us here in the country, local hikes that we'd never really explored before. And I've remarked to myself several times and to the friends who are with me, you know, if I had gone on a plane and flown to Ecuador and been dropped in the middle of a forest that looked like this for a hike, I would be thrilled. I would think that was such a great experience. And here it is, steps from my home. So I love that I'm slowing down enough to appreciate what I have right here. I'm also doing things, like many of you, I'm doing things differently this year. So for example, I had a camp out with some girlfriends in my backyard. We have lots of property here in the country. So there were eight of us and we each had our own tents and we had a big campfire and we cooked over the open fire and we told stories around the campfire at night and we had the most wonderful time. So wonderful. In fact, we said, no matter what happens next year, we're doing it for two days. And we recently turned our two-car garage into a dining room for two other couples so we can host up to six people. And we created these makeshift tables, and I've pulled out tablecloths I never use. We strung Christmas lights all over the garage. We hung a movie screen, and we watched old episodes of I Love Lucy while eating spaghetti and meatballs. Like, it was ridiculous. We're in the garage, and we're having so much fun. The other night, there was a storm. In fact, it was a tornado warning, and we sat in the garage with good friends. We had a bottle of wine, and we watched nature put on a show that was unbelievable. I never would have given myself that opportunity if it weren't for 2020 and COVID-19. And doing those things, I know, is contributing to my resilience. And that's the subject we're going to talk about today, but not before we check in with Cheryl Horn. Cheryl, we're talking about resilience today, and I was sharing some of the things I'm doing to kind of roll with the punches that 2020 keeps giving, like turning my garage room into a party room for our six people. What are you guys thinking of in terms of being resilient as cold weather approaches? I know it's probably different when you have little kids. Yeah, and you know what? We've been so lucky in terms of being stuck at home. You know, we have a, a large property. We're surrounded by green space, you know, we can walk trails right from like right from our backyard. So while weather is nice, we've been so lucky that it's just sort of like snow is coming, you know, we're I'm just at a, outside of Toronto. Um, and we don't really know what our plan B looks like for over the winter. We just started, you know, we're probably really late to the game, all like the outside patio heaters and stuff like that are sold out everywhere. because it's like, we've got the outside space, how can we continue using it over the winter? But um, you know, we're back to outdoor visits and stuff, even with our 
close family really since the kids went back to school. So um, we've still been able to do that for the most part, but I don't know, we're putting some thought into what happens when, when snow comes because our, our space, which is, you know, largely outdoors is going to get smaller for sure. Well, luckily we have snow pants, you know, skiing clothes, so we can put those on, but I was in, um, there's a local farm supply place here in the country called Hamilton Brothers, which is the perfect name for a local farm supply place. They have these farmer suits for the guys they're, when they're sitting on their tractor in the middle of winter and it's freezing. So they're quilted on the inside and they're thick canvas on the outside. So I have a onesie that says tough duck on it. That's the brand. It was like a hundred bucks. And that's my party attire now when I'm outside and it's super warm. So anyway, bring it winter, bring it. (laughs) All right. What's happening at Business of Design? We're resilient at Business of Design. We just launched a new website and that was a big undertaking and look at us go. What's happening now? Well, and speaking of which, the very first email that I got to open Monday morning just made my week and I get to now share that with you because you haven't heard this one yet. So I got an email from Fiona Jack in Australia, one of our members. And she's like, can you please let Kimberly know that she's added so much more to the steps that that we've gone from driving a Mercedes to a Ferrari. A Mercedes is lovely, but a Ferrari will get you there faster. I've done all the steps before and can testify that designers need to consider doing them again, or they're missing out on accelerating their business quickly and painlessly. There's 10 times more information there now, and it's really clear if you weren't already sold on why you need to follow all the steps and not waste time making up your own workarounds. Oh my Like that was the very first, and I actually (laughs) said, I'm going to bet money that I can make Kimberly cry with this one. Wow. Like the time and dedication that you put in over the last six months, like that right there makes it worth it. And of course, she's referring to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, which is now our certificate program. But, um, you know, we were saying this leading up to launch that we were almost more excited for existing members to retake the steps than those new to Business of Design getting to take them for the first time. But um, I feel like that just... Wow. (laughs) I don't usually lead with a testimonial, but that was my first email Monday morning that I got to read. Wow. Thank you so much, Fiona. You have no idea what that means because there was a point to which I'm like, is all of this sacrifice and effort worth it? Like, is this going to matter? And so thank you. It it mattered. So thank you. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you got me. I'm (laughs) such an easy mark. Yeah. yeah. Uh I'll give you a minute with that one, but um, the next the next big thing coming up is our first BOD live. So our um, monthly you know get-togethers with members has been group coaching up till now, and we'll still leave time at the end to answer those questions. I think you know with all of our new programming, uh, we're certainly already getting far less questions. Um, but BOD Live, it's um, our virtual meetings with members. We are switching from, we're going to give it a try, switching from webinars to actual Zoom meetings, which means if you are planning to join us, we're going to ask you to open up your audio, open up your video, and, you know, let's see some faces, let's connect Um, And we invite everyone to join in on the conversation. And we're launching the first one with what we're calling I'm Over It. So we've invited three (laughs) of our longtime members and advocates to join in on the conversation and help us launch the conversation. 
and we're asking them what they're over with in their business this year or with clients or, you know, with, with life, with 2020. Um, and more importantly, what are they going to do about it? What changes are they going to implement? So we're really excited to have Rebecca Ward, Jamie Galapo, and Christopher Shields be part of this conversation. And then, of course, all of the members on the call who, again, we're going to ask to open up their video and audio and be part of it. Um, you know, anybody else who wants to share with the group, hopefully this will open up some candid conversations. And this is all happening on Wednesday, November 4th, 1 p.m. EST. And if you're a member, watch your inbox. I will be sending out uh, details on what the first call is going to be about and instructions for how to join us because that's going to change up a little bit. Wow. This is going to be amazing. An opportunity for the community to share its wisdom because there's so much out there and we've never really figured out how can we connect each other in a way that's meaningful. So it's going to be once a month, it'll be a party, it'll be learning, it'll be members only, and it's free with your membership. So I, for one, am looking forward to it. It's going to be exactly what I need to keep my battery filled during this long, cold winter that's coming up. So I'm excited about that. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you for everything you've done. You're as much a part of the success of Business of Design as the members, as everybody who's contributed. And uh, this is your baby too, so... Yay, us. <laughs> Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye for now. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Andrew Mitchell, you are one of those faces I just miss so much, thanks to 2020. Uh, How are you? I am doing really well. Thank you, Kimberly. It's, yes, 2020 can hurry up and go away, but, uh, no, look, there's lots of, lots of things to be thankful for, and uh, so many good things have come out of this year. So I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm getting an underlying sense that you can say all that only because there must have there must have been some stuff that wasn't so great about 2020. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Well, I have confided in you about some of the stuff that hasn't gone so well this year, but I'm really aware that that's, um, that's worldwide. Everyone's sort of dealing with stuff. But, uh, yeah, look, from my perspective, yeah, let's jump straight into that because um, I guess it'll give it a little bit of background to the listeners today about why I'm talking about the topic that I'm going to be talking about. And um, yeah, 2020 was going to be the year to end all years for me. This is my 50th year. So I turned 50 in July. And I was planning a world trip. So traveling to the States, doing LA, Palm Springs, New York, and then flying to Europe where my parents were going to meet me in Italy to celebrate my 50th birthday. And then COVID put a stop to that. 
Uh, but as you know, and as I've told the listeners in my last podcast with you, was I was due to get married in March. And COVID happened in Australia a week before the wedding. So that all had to be uh, put on hold. And what else is, what, what other fun things have happened this year? Oh, you were meant to be flying out to Australia in September, uh, just passed to uh, join us for the retreat. Uh, and we were all, all Australians were so excited about that. But uh, obviously no international travel, so you're no longer flying out, but you are still going to be a very, very integral part of our retreat in March next year, 2021. Uh, and then on top of that, a bunch of personal stuff. So I won't go into the nitty gritty details about it, but yeah, it has been a challenging year. And I think last time that we spoke, I don't think I would have been in the best of places, but uh, I'm genuinely in a really good place now. So really looking forward to the rest of 2020 and beyond. What I love about Andrew, you don't have to know Andrew very long before he shows you his genuine self. And that's the, really the only way you can get to be friends with someone, right? You have to be vulnerable with each other. You have to be honest with each other. And then you can really forge an amazing connection. So thank you for sharing all that. I'm sure a lot of people listening are going, wow, I thought I was having a rough year. That sounds like a lot to manage. And here you are on the other side, in part because of the tools that you use to make sure you keep yourself feeling well, um, which ties in nicely to our topic of resilience. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, firstly, for those lovely words. And I do cherish our friendship. And I, I love seeing your face. And But it would be nice to be doing it in person. So yes. let's make that happen as soon as the borders open again. Let's, uh, I look forward to giving you a big hug Yeah, real life. I'm kind of over COVID. Like I was okay. Like, uh, I mean, obviously I'm not minimizing what people are going through. It's been horrific. But I sort of adapted myself and, and was flexible and had a kind of a zen attitude about the whole thing. And now uh, it's worn out its welcome I'm done. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, Bye, Felicia. You, my heart goes out to, I'm currently in Sydney uh, where things are relatively normal, but all of my beautiful friends and family in Melbourne are still doing it tough. The restrictions are really quite intense there. Um, so people are pretty much housebound. They have been for almost six months. Uh, wow. On a positive side, Numbers are getting going down, uh, but yeah, it's been really, really tough for people. So it's, it's it's something that I think that can actually unite us a little bit. Is that sense of um, struggle that everyone's had for this year? Yeah. Uh, rather than pulling us apart. Yeah. So let's let's talk then about self care because. It's been, as you said, it's been rough for people. And I think it can be rough at various stages. You know, you may have found that you did pretty well the first three months and then not so well, and now you're doing well again. But what are, what are some of the things that we can do to, to um, what's the word, to nurture, to develop resilience? Yeah. 
the the notion of what resilience is to start with, I think, is resilience didn't really come into the fore until probably about 50 years ago when psychologists really first studying started studying uh, emotional intelligence and they realised that resilience was one of the factors that indicates how well people recover from adversity, how well they bounce back from difficult situations. And then further sort of investigating with regards to what would be relevant to us and our listeners with business and general general life is scientists have since found that resilience is probably one of the highest ranked traits that people look for in uh, high functioning business operators, so CEOs of companies. So rather than focusing on IQ, intellect, intellect People are very much nowadays focusing on emotional intelligence and resilience factors very high on the scale of important um, emotional intelligence traits. So that's sort of from a, a you know big corporate perspective, but from a small business perspective, like most of my clients and most of your listeners and your clients, Kimberly, running a small business is hard, you know, and 2020 is definitely a reminder that when you take on board that responsibility of running a small business, you're not just dealing with the day-to-day difficulties that we face with managing client expectations and dealing with contractors and, and other trades and things going wrong on the job, but we also have to weather the storm of financial ups and downs. So, you know, as you're taking care of your members by having your programs for recovery. Um, I think it's really important. I'm very, very keen to encourage people to develop their own personal sense of resilience. So originally when it was first investigated, resilience was thought to be a personality trait that you're born with, so something that's more genetic. But studies have since found that it is a learnable trait. So we can all do things that are going to improve our own personal resilience. I want to ask you about self-talk because I think for me, that's a big thing. Like my attitude, am I, you know, one of the questions we asked at the beginning of the five phase recovery program is, are you going to survive this? Have Make up your mind. Are you in or are you out? Because it, it may not be easy, right? No. So research has shown specific sort of personality traits that show that people have a high level of resilience and optimism is one of those personality traits. So while optimism tends to be something that's either it it is slightly genetically determined, but positivity is definitely something that we can all foster. So practising positive self-talk is the starting point. So, and you've talked about this a number of times before, is talk to yourself the way that you would talk to somebody that you love. Talk to yourself the way that you would talk to one of your children or talk to your your best friends. So catching yourself with negative self-talk is just catching it and rephrasing it in a way that you would send loving words and, and support to somebody who you really loved. It can be jarring, right? I had I have a girlfriend the other day. She said, "I'm so stupid. I'm so sorry. I'm just the I'm just the dumbest or something." I was like, 
whoa, wait a minute. Please don't talk about my good friend like that. That's crazy. You, you, you might not even be aware of how harsh you are to yourself. Yeah, I, look, and I think one of the other things that I was going to mention that's important is to uh, foster those incredibly important relationships around you. So it's it's community that can help us ride really tough times. So uh, firstly, from a, from a personal perspective, make sure that you nurture those relationships around you so that you do have a really close-knit group of people who will pull you up on that sort of negative self-talk uh, and you can do the same for them. Um, but then thinking outside your immediate circle of friends is that foster a really important community in in your work community. And you do that beautifully, Kimberly. I mean, your your members are just, they're not just getting the benefits of the incredible wisdom and teachings that you share with them. They're actually connecting in a way that gives them a sense of support and care for one another. And we're really, really proud of the fact that we're doing the same thing in Australia with our design coach community. And I have to be honest that that has been a huge part of my recovery this year. My, it's aided my resilience to sort of be able to weather the storm of all of these sort of events that have been thrown at me. Yeah. And, you know, just specifically a few people within that community that have been incredible and really, really supportive. So, I mean, that's that would be a second thing that I would definitely put forward as a tip to to foster more resilience is to just sort of nurture those relationships in your life and make sure that you're surrounded by good people who have your back and know how to pick you up when you're not doing so well. I don't know if I'm just noticing, well, I guess I am just noticing this, but I have my closest friendships are those friendships where I get to see every side of that person, right? They share with me, like you shared some truly devastating event that happened in your life this year in 2020. And I have other friends that just always kind of keep it superficial. And I think that is really puts a limit on how, close the connection's going to be almost, right? And it's so easy, I guess, in a business community, like we both work with professional business owners, it's so easy to put on a facade of everything is great. But when you do that, you're just robbing yourself of making those deeper connections with the people around you, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, with to, to have people that you can be your authentic self with, and not have to put on a brave face all the time um, to to nurture those relationships and be vulnerable is really really important. I mean, it's vulnerability is highly underrated in our society. It's I think that we both grew up in a period of time that we were taught to put on a happy face and just get on with it. But I think that you miss, as you were just saying, you miss out on an awful lot when you don't share the genuine struggles that you're going through. So I think being open and honest with the right people, you've got to pick those people. You don't just sort of walk up to anyone in the street and <laughs> sort of open your heart to them. But making sure that you are 
developing and, and that, that takes time. It, it takes time to develop those sort of relationships and have good intuition about who really has your best interests at heart. Well, that's one of the wonderful things I think you do with Design Coach. You put people in a room and you say, you know, this is a safe space. And in a way, just by virtue of them being attracted to you and what you're teaching, there's a a certain camaraderie that happens in the room. Like I just found the sharing when I was in Australia last time to be so open and honest and vulnerable. And there were tears, you know, there was really big stuff going on in people's lives, you know. So it's good to know I'm not alone. You you lead that as well because I don't know if you remember, but, and I don't mean to embarrass you. I know what you're going to say right now. I I totally forgot, but now I remember. (laughs) Invited you up onto stage and the first thing you did was have big, beautiful crocodile tears. Just, Uh, you know, a sense of, it was a sense of, I could tell it was a sense of gratitude. It was a sense of overwhelm at this room full of people who, you had travelled halfway across the world to be with and you've got all these beautiful faces looking up at you. So it's that's the thing, the, the beauty of, you know, when you open your heart and you share so openly and honestly your emotions is that other people are going to do the same thing. Right. So we want to, we want to make make and foster those deeper connections. Um, are there other tools you would suggest uh, for those who are maybe struggling, not feeling so resilient today, maybe today's just a day you're not yeah. feeling so resilient. So how do you get yourself out of that? Yeah, look, uh, there's there's a, a wonderful initiative uh, called the Resilience Project that uh, was started by an Australian called Hugh Van Kuhlenberg. And he started that in about 2008 when he went to India and he was overcome by the incredible happiness of all of these people living in poverty with so so few of the uh, amazing uh, technology advancements and, and lifestyle elements that we have here in Australia, but these children who have next to nothing exhibited just such happiness and, and it got him really sort of digging deep and analysing what gives these people such resilience. And a lot of, you know, there's, it's, it's a great book. It's one that I definitely recommend to anyone, regardless of how you feel that you're fitting into the resilience scale at the moment. Um, it's called The Resilience Project. And a, a large foundation for what he has uh, started as an initiative is what he calls GEM. So it's gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness. Um, it's a, a practice that's designed to not only sort of uh, work as a preventative uh, for feeling uh, any sort of mental illness like uh, depression or anxiety, but it's also a really good practice to put into place if you are currently you know, uh, experiencing some form of anxiety or depression. So, and I have to say that that was, that was a big thing. So I, in all honesty, I went into a, a little bit of a negative space midway through the year because of some of the things that were happening personally and, and just being overwhelmed by what was happening in the world. And uh, one of my very good friends was who is part of the design coach community was was 
absolutely adamant in uh, reminding me about the importance of gratitude. So calling me every day or texting me every day and saying, what are you thankful for today? So just a, a little reminder that, you know, even in the depths of what might feel like a really difficult time is that there is always something to be thankful for. So uh, just that as a simple practice in itself, I think, is that it's, you know, studies all around the world, uh, understanding that gratitude is is hugely beneficial to our positive state of mind. Um, empathy is is something that, again, is uh, partly intrinsically, um, you know, inherited in part of your DNA, but it is something that can be fostered. So empathy is, is, is that state of mind where you have a degree of compassion for people around you. So it's a, it's a different thing to compassion. It's definitely empathy is being able to understand and truly appreciate the mindset of somebody around you. And empathy, it, it works towards resilience because it gives perspective, gives you some sort of idea of what might be happening. As I've mentioned to you before, yes, it's been a tough, tough year for me, but I'm also very well aware of the fact that it's a tough year for everyone around me. So if there are if there are times that you feel that it's too much and that the world is getting on top of you is just to remember that people around you are also experiencing difficult times and then sort of applying that to um, work environments like uh, say if you're having a difficult time with a client empathy for that client and being able to put yourself in their shoes, what are their thoughts, what are their feelings, what are they going through at that particular time, really enables you to be a lot more resilient and be able to, rather than absorb all of the negative energy that might be being sent your way, is to deflect it a little bit and be put yourself in a position where you can have a better understanding of where they're coming from. And mindfulness is essentially mindfulness is it's a very overused word now nowadays with regards to wellness, but mindfulness is being aware of who you're being and the way that you're operating in the moment. So rather than looking to the past and lamenting things that have happened to you, things, situations and, and experiences that might be negative, so rather than looking to the past to things that you can't change because we can't change the past, focus on what you're experiencing and what is good in your life here and now in the moment. And rather than looking to the future and being stressed about things that you also can't change, you can't change the future, um, just focusing on what you, where you're at at the moment, the things that you can actually change in the very moment and also being appreciative for the things that you have in the moment. And these things take practice, right? They don't just happen overnight. You get better at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, one of the one of the things that I recommend to to our listeners and, and to the, the designers that I coach is that you actually implement practices that you put things into your diary. So Mindfulness is definitely, they recommend that, you know, meditation is a wonderful way of practicing mindfulness. And it just, it, meditation, and I, I've been practicing meditation for three, four years now. 
and I am still so amateur at it. I'm still, I'm not going to say I'm bad at meditating because I think as long as you're attempting meditation, you're doing meditation well, but it's, it's, a, it's a method of quietening the mind. It's a method of catching negative thoughts. It's a method of catching stressed thoughts and just quietening your mind. So putting into place um, a daily practice of meditation is, is really helpful. But then, you know, um, actually just sort of having open conversations with people in your life, those people that we've talked about, those, those friends and family members who have your back and encouraging them to stop you having negative self-talk, to encourage open uh, conversations about positivity and, and share with each other gratitude. So make a point of every single day sitting down and noting what you're grateful for. And it can have a huge effect on your um, state of mind. The people I know who really, I, I believe them when they tell me that meditation's made a huge difference in their life. It just really grounds them. Every single one of them meditates for longer than 20 minutes. So it seems to me that that seems to be the kind of you have to get past that 20 minute mark. And I'm like five minutes in and my monkey squirrel brain is like exploding with things to do. But they all keep telling me like, you got to go for 20 because there's just something. It's like that, that hitting the wall when you're running. If you just will push through it, you'll get to the other side and there are rewards there. But honestly, man, oh man, I sit down to do the meditation for five minutes and it feels like it's an hour and a half. Yeah. Look, and, and some of the, the my clients talk about their, there's different ways of meditating. So um, some of my clients prefer that they, they like yoga. So yoga is a form of meditation. It's, you know, it's, it's removing the, you know, you're, you're putting your minds at ease and you're stopping the, the chatter. Yeah, and you're stopping your mind racing to all of the things that you have to achieve for that day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, you need to be kind to yourself, Kimberly, and and not you know not uh, berate yourself for not being able to meditate for more than five minutes. And look, in all honesty, it is something that does take practice. So I listen to guided meditations, which I would recommend to anyone who is starting out meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, guided meditations give you a little bit more focus rather than just having to have a chance and sit um, un, you know, un, without something to focus on for 20 minutes. That, that is a relatively advanced level of meditating. Mm-hmm. But also not to, to make yourself, the, the readings that I've done about meditation are that thoughts, you, you will never stop your thoughts. So to be able to just catch the thoughts and almost thank yourself for the thoughts, not berate yourself for having thoughts and just note that they're thoughts mm-hmm. and then um, move back to trying to have just a peaceful state of mind. I have that um, in the app Insight Timer. Do you use that one? It's Australian, I think, because there's a lot of good Aussie accents on there. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't tried it, but I, I'll definitely look it up. I, I've got a, a whole set of meditations from the wonderful Deepak Chopra. 
No oh, way. Wow. And um, I just keep going back to them, and I his his voice is just it's I it's, you hear his voice, and I'm instantly in a state of calm. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's so good. It's so good. For any of us that have experienced difficulty in 2020 or <laughs> any time for that matter, is that there will be moments of feeling overwhelmed. There will be moments of feeling sad. And to allow yourself, don't indulge yourself, but to allow yourself to feel those emotions at the time and share that with people. Let people know that that's how you're feeling. Um, And as long as that's not something that's happening for a prolonged period of time is that it's a perfectly acceptable state of mind to be in. Mm-hmm. I probably told you all this already, but uh, back in March, I took a, a course called, I think it was called the Happiness Project or the Happiness Course. One of the big takeaways was that you could really improve your happiness by a big margin immediately by getting off social media, that there was absolutely no benefit in terms of being happy to spending any time on social media. It was so, she presented all the scientific fact, of course, but it was really compelling. And I have just disappeared for a large part of every week from social media. And uh, it's, anyway, I don't know if you've ever thought about that or had any experience with that. Yeah, definitely. Well, with, with our retreats that we have with the design coach, I ask for our five, six-day program, I ask for designers to leave their phones in their room. And, uh, yes, of course, at the end of the retreat, I want them all getting back on Instagram and posting about how fabulous the retreat was. But it's really important to give ourselves breaks from social media. And it's, look, I know the iPhone does, and I'm sure Android phones do it, but they give you a weekly report about how much time you are spending on your phone and how much time that is on social media, how much time it's on emails, text messages, internet. And I think it's really important that people recognise the um, negative effects of too much social media. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a conundrum because we're also then told that that's an incredibly important part of building brand awareness and marketing our business. So I think that it's, that we need to find a happy medium. And I don't, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and throw social media away altogether because it's an integral part and it's going nowhere and it's going to be here for long-term. But then putting into place practices like just maybe once a week, have a day away from social media altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, have a, a day away from your phone altogether, putting into place some guidelines around when screen time finishes. So I think, you know, hearing from, you know, how very focused I am on wellness with the design coach, one of the things that I hear over and over again from designers is that they're, that from um, many, many people is that sleep is really, really something that they struggle with. So, and when we're not sleeping well, we're not really not functioning on all cylinders. So it doesn't matter how well you exercise, how good your diet is, how much you meditate. If you're not sleeping well, it uh, really can affect your cognitive abilities and, and your emotional well-being as well. So just being able to limit screen time is, is also really, really important. 
Thank you so much for this interesting topic. I think it's coming at a good time. We're nearing the end of 2020, but maybe not the end of COVID. We're all figuring out, oh, wow, this is a marathon. I thought it was a sprint. And, uh, you know, I think resilience is going to be something we all need to draw on in the months ahead as we work through whatever is left of this pandemic. And uh, I know, uh, Andrew, would agree with me that we hope you're well and you're safe wherever you are. Andrew, we like to end every episode with design intervention. What have you been thinking about these days? So uh, I did give some good thought to what I wanted to mention. And I think in in line with what we've been talking about today, I, I really wanted to stress to designers that there is no gain in pretending that you've got it all together. I think that um, it takes courage and grit to be able to turn around and ask for help from people and to admit that you're not coping. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, I think that from my perspective, um, I would just really, really strongly encourage designers to have the courage to be able to turn around and ask people for help when you need it. Yeah. And if you're anywhere near Byron Bay in March, the retreat, do you have any openings left for the retreat for the design coach? We do, Kimberly. So the retreat's from 11th to 16th of March, uh, 2021. And we've, we've only got, I think we're opening up to 25 designers and we've sold 14 places already and that's with COVID in full swing so as COVID restrictions ease over the next month or so I think people are going to be jumping on board there's a lot of interest um, it is we've currently got what we're calling our smart bird uh, offer if you go to the website you'll see some beautiful dancing flamingos highlighting this offer and Uh, It's $3,750 for the retreat. Uh, That's a saving of $200 off the full retail price. And at the moment, up until Christmas, we're offering any designers who sign up that the deposit that they pay is only $250 with nothing else to pay until early 2021. Nice. And I heard just nothing but wonderful things about the retreat when I was uh, with your your people, your tribe in uh, in Melbourne, they just just talked about it so highly, so enthusiastically. So I'm I'm positive you're going to sell out, and it's going to be a beautiful experience. And ho- you'll come back on the podcast, I hope, yeah. and tell us how it was, and tell us what some of the high high points were. Yeah, and you're going to be a huge part of it. So that's you know, Kimberly's not able to be there in person, but we're going to have her set up on a big screen TV, and the people who are coming are so excited. We're just going to sort of beam you in. We're going to pretend <laughs> you're, that you're there. We're going to put a tequila in your hand at some stage and uh, make sure that you're enjoying the fun parts of the retreat as well. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And definitely sad that I'm not going to be there in person, but next time, next time for sure. And you be well. You look fabulous, by the way. You can't be 50. Impossible. <laughs> Thank you. You're looking well too. It's so nice to see you. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. 
Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today 